0: So I've got exactly 40 minutes that we can talk. So I just can't go over okay. that because I have to be at work for 10. Okay.
1: The Battle of Wizards and Warriors
0: continues with Iron swords. The evil wizard Malkill will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell. The fate of the world is in your hands. You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host Ryan Willette. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience. I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hey everybody, how you doing? Welcome back to the show. While you're listening to this, uh, I think I will either still be in Florida on my way back from my class or just return from my class in florida uh i'm I'm gonna hope it went well um if it didn't, you know uh, let's just pretend it went well um this week, I've got a really cool interview um it's It's really interesting and it, it really wasn't uh the the way we intended it to to be It's with uh Brianna Sheehan from Mint piercing so last week uh my episode was with Leo Zebol from, from Mint, and we kind of talk about his plans and his concepts on opening the studio, managing the studio, customer service in the studio, and uh, we mentioned someone named Brianna, and that's who I'm talking to for this week's episode. Brianna is uh, kind of the, the, the brain that, that handles jewelry and logistics and, and a lot of the, uh, the guts and the management of the studio. And that's really what our, our plan was to talk about is studio management, um, how to run multiple studios and how to train counter staff and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, we will get to that. But a, a huge thing with Brianna is her talent when it comes to jewelry. She's got a, a really fantastic eye for color and design and and placement and application. You know, although she's not uh, a, a body piercer, she, she really knows what, Piercers can do with the jewelry, you know. So uh, she's she's really a big part of the success of the different shops she's been in, and um, you you can hear from from her story, you know, all the different shops she's been in. It's really like a like an all star list, really, of studios. So it's a great conversation. Uh, We talk about her history uh, coming into the industry and her her movement through it. Uh, We talk a a lot about um, color theory and. Uh, just jewelry nerd strategy, really, you know, um, how to plan your jewelry displays, getting the right jewelry for the right clients, you know, stuff that's not just going to sit on the shelf forever, you know, stuff that you're actually going to to sell to people and and, and make them happy with. So uh, it's a great conversation. Uh, Unfortunately, I didn't really give myself enough time for it. So uh, you could hear at the top of the show, uh, I only gave myself about 40 or 45 minutes. We started the call around 9 in the morning, uh, which... You know we've been trying to talk for maybe about a week or so, and it just didn't line up with our schedules. She's a really busy person, I'm a really busy person, so this is really the the best we could do for that day and I was thinking like, oh you know we'll we'll talk a little bit about running the studio and management. It'll be a nice bookend to the uh, the conversation I had with Leo, but it really turned into something else, it really turned into something special. so uh, we got as much as we could before I had to go to work. And we're going to set up a, a second call for later, and we're really going to get into the, uh, the guts of the, the, the studio management part of it, which, again, you know, she's just a whiz with all that stuff. So, you know, it's a really good one. If you're aspiring to, uh, you know, really expand your, your high-end jewelry or you really want to think about, you know, what it takes to make jewelry sales successful in a studio, uh, you know, grab a notepad because it, it's going to be a pretty good conversation for you. So let's get into this week's episode and uh, the interview with Brianna Sheehan.
2: My name is Brianna Sheehan. I work at Mint Piercing Studio. We have two locations one in Ankeny, Iowa, one in West Des Moines, Iowa. And, um, yeah, that's
0: it. Does, does Ankeny have a meaning? That sounds like one of those, like, <laughs> th- oh, this means, you know, great harvest or whatever.
2: I have no idea. I, um,. Pretty much any time one of our clients asks about Ankeny or, you know, if I know anything about Iowa, I just am like, I I just live here and work at this shop. That's like all I've really gathered.
0: Yeah. Tell me your five favorite things about corn.
2: Oh, uh, I really love I was being that. sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm glad that you cut me off because I don't have any good answer.
0: Well, you better not uh, tell the mayor. They'll kick you out.
2: I know. I just keep to myself.
0: So, um, you know, you worked at at St. Sabrina for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, Did you grow up in in Minnesota or where are you from originally?
2: No, I I grew up in Pennsylvania. I am from Scranton, Pennsylvania, so I was there until I was about 20. Um, And then I moved to Philadelphia to work at Infinite. Mm -hmm. Uh, From there, I went to New York, and I was working for Maria Tash for about a year. And then I, like, basically right at the year mark, I ended up going out to St. Sabrina's, and I was there for about five years.
0: So that's, like, ultimate counterperson (laughs) category <laughs> really i mean going from infinite to maria tash to st sabrina's to to now mint like that's that's uh that's pretty good that's an impressive it, resume it
2: you know it's crazy it it wasn't you know it was never planned it kind of the way i mean other than the infinite job that was my like i knew that i wanted to be a part of the industry they were i was already going there to get pierced so you know i was like 18 19 year old kid that was just like dreaming of working in a studio like that. Um, But every move after that was, was kind of brought on by a random life circumstance and it brought up an opportunity to go somewhere else. Um, The, I mean, even the Maria Tash thing, it was, it was such a random opportunity, not planned whatsoever. So I feel really lucky, you know, Mm -hmm. that I've, I've been able to um,
0: be at any of those studios. Some would call that fate.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's what it feels like.
0: (laughs) So, did you ever have any aspirations of of being a piercer, or did you feel like, you know, you wanted to just kind of focus on jewelry and and management, and you didn't have aspirations for that?
2: Uh, the first, the first studio that I worked at in Scranton, I was there, let's say, I was there two years.
0: Dunder Mifflin Body Arts?
2: Yes, the Dunder Mifflin Body Arts, co-owned by Dunder Mifflin Paper Company, (laughs) um... I, they thought about having me apprentice there. Like I did some piercings, maybe like three. And at the time I thought that I wanted to, but when I became interested in working at infinite, it was very clear that that wasn't an option for me um, getting hired on there. Yep. So it was kind of like, okay, this is what I have to do to get, to get into this studio. I'm a counter person. That's it. And I, you know, it was totally new to me. Um, so then starting out working there, I just felt like I had so much more to learn than jumping into piercing. So I kind of, I just let it go. I was just like, uh, I starting from nothing right now. Uh, and there, you know, the world of like jewelry and jewelry companies and all of that stuff was completely foreign to me. So I think I just naturally focused on that stuff because that's what they were training in first. Hmm.
0: That's that's a good way to look at it. So like now looking back at on it after like this much time in the industry, do you feel like you 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 went the way that you should have gone? Do you do you do you have any regrets about not getting into it as as more of a piercer? Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> I
2: don't, not not at all i think that it it ended up working out the way that it was supposed to mm-hmm. i don't you know who would who who knows what would have happened if i decided that i wanted to try to pierce um not that there's not that i would never want to i guess but now at this point if someone asks me if i would ever consider doing it i just say no i yeah. just feel like Everything that I've been doing for the last few years is really—that's what I enjoy. Um, that's what I think I do well. And the piercers that I work with and look up to and have worked with—I just—I can't imagine doing their job. So,
0: well, I, I think a lot of them also can't really imagine themselves doing your job to the quality that you do it at. You know, I think that's—it's kind of overlooked. When uh, when, when people think about counter staff or, you know, people who are handling jewelry management, logistics mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff, uh, they might just see it as like, you know, oh, yeah, you know, you, you make an order. That, that must be real tough, you know, but I don't I don't think they really realize how much work you do because, you know, you don't you don't just, you know, talk to a client and have them fill out the paperwork and pick out jewelry. You know, you do everything yeah. behind the scenes that that keeps the shop running.
2: Yeah, it's we definitely have that kind of a relationship. And I've, I've been lucky enough to work with piercers, managers, shop owners that kind of get that, you know, they're, they're like, thank you for doing your job. Cause I don't want to deal with it. And I'm like, thank you for doing your job. <laughs> because Also, I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's way more than just like ordering jewelry or selling somebody a piece of jewelry. It's a, an all time consuming, uh job. I would
0: imagine. Yeah. So going from well, how long how long were you at Infinite?
2: I was there for maybe a little under
0: two years. And then um how did the how did the Tash position come about? Was was it just like a, a temporary fill in thing or was it, you know, they recruited you? Uh
2: that was I ended up leaving Infinite um in on unexpected terms.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: and I was at home back in Skirton for like three months and my friend Chris B that was working there at the time knew that I just wasn't working and I was kind of looking for a job and I was still very new to the industry so I wasn't sure what to do really Um, and he messaged me and asked if I could go out there and visit but about I think it was like a day before I was about to be there. We had a conversation where he ended up telling me he thought I was a piercer. <laughs> and I was like, "Well, there goes my job." <laughs> um, but I ended he was like, "You know what? We need we need people regardless. Like we need people to sell jewelry, we need piercers, so why don't you just still come out?" And then um, I did that, and I think a week later I moved there. Hmm. Yeah, it again, it's, it's just so random, you know. Yeah. And Them thinking that they're hiring me on as a piercer and me being like, I, nope.
0: (laughs) I, nope, can't do that. You should have just gone with it and just like (laughs) completely botched stuff and just be like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm not a body piercer. (laughs) 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 Surprise.
2: Yes, I just really needed a job.
0: (laughs) I also know karate. Uh, Yeah,
2: that's, that's a good idea. I didn't think of that. I think I just panicked and was like, damn it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Wasted opportunity. So how did you, how did you like living in New York, you know, going from Scranton, which is, you know, probably not a gigantic city and then Philadelphia, which is, you know, pretty big, but then New York is New York. You know, how did you, how did you adjust to that, um, living situation?
2: At first I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun to me. There's a lot of uh, just everything available to you and you know, the food, just everything was, was kind of overload and awesome at first, Mm -hmm. but as a person living and working there, I grew to really just not like the what what my day to day was like there.
0: Yeah,
2: um, it was just too much, you know. I really, I think like so Minneapolis, I think was a very good combination of like small town, big city. So that was I really liked living in that city a lot, but New York was just. I it got to the point where. I was going back home to Scranton every weekend Mm -hmm. because I just did not like being in the city.
0: Yeah, I just needed to decompress. Yeah, it was too much. So how did St. Sabrina's come about?
2: Um, in, let's see, when I was working at Infinite, the year that I was there, I was, I was able to go to APP. That's where I met Nate and Nate and I had just, we were really close to start out with. Mm Mm-hmm. And we used to talk all the time when I was living in New York just because I was, you know, I didn't really have a lot of friends there. So most of my nights involved calling him, like, on my train ride home or whatever. And so he just kind of knew what was going on in my world, which was that I wasn't super happy in New York. And they, their main manager that had been there for years, I want to say like six or seven years, was about to leave. So he... Asked me if I would be interested. Again, I'm like, I don't really, I don't really know anything about Minnesota. I don't really know how that shop operates, but I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll come out and visit. Um, so I went out to visit, and then they, I think when I was there, offered me the job, and I moved there two weeks later. Wow,
0: that's that's pretty <laughs> it cool. happens so quick. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, when you know, you know.
2: It's true. And I think at that point, I was so done with living in New York City that Minneapolis and St. Sabrina's was like, truly, I thought my life was going to improve greatly. And, I, you know, it was it, I was right mm-hmm. about that. But, you know, when you're just like so convinced that something you're doing is the worst thing in the world, yeah. sometimes you don't see the outside view of it. And you're just like, I got to get out.
0: Mm-hmm. So how long were you at St. Sabrina's?
2: I was there for
0: about five years. And I'd imagine you saw, you know, a fair amount of changes with that studio because, you know, they they always had a great reputation. But yeah. I, I think there was kind of that like dream team kind of element, you know, where there was you oh. and Derek and Nate and, you know, then Courtney came on and everything. And yeah, I think that, that it was... really just kind of exploded into like a, a juggernaut.
2: It it was You know, those years were some of the most difficult, but best, best years of my work life and personal life. Mm -hmm. Um, Having those years with Nate and Courtney and then Dan started to work there.
0: Right. I forgot about that.
2: Yeah. There is just a lot of growth involved in that. And I mean, I, I learned so much about myself as an employee and about, you know, how studios run. I'd never seen anything like that shop in my life. Mm. So, um, yeah, that was, that time was probably one of the best
0: work experiences I've had. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'd imagine it would be pretty fun, you know. A lot of good energy with, with people like yeah. that. And I know that there yeah. was like a huge, Nate was one of the first people, Nate Nate Janky for the people who don't mm-hmm. know who I'm talking about when I say Nate. But yeah, sorry. Uh, he was one of the first people who, who really took that, creativity with gold you know like i'll take yeah. x y and z and put them together in this unique way and you know it just seemed yeah. like it, it it exploded and i think that was maybe not like the the sole catalyst but that was a big part of that explosion of, of gold and creativity during you know right place right time i'd imagine but um oh,
1: absolutely. i think mm-hmm. his
0: individual talent and then you know courtney jane maxwell dan steinbacher and then you have like Derek, you know kind of captaining the ship and all that stuff like that <laughs> that must have been a pretty special time
2: it really was. I will. So, Nate, I mean, that kind of stuff with the, the ear projects and all of the gold ear stuff. Um, again, you know, that was the first time I'd ever really seen something like that. It's the first time I was working closely with a piercer like that who would just, you know, like look at an ear, tell somebody what he thinks they should get. And then them just being like, OK, sure. <laughs> And I was like, what? (laughs) And so then it became like, with all of the piercers that were there, but specifically Nate, it really became an opportunity for me to help these clients pick out their jewelry, um, multiple pieces of jewelry, mostly gold, and then getting to sell that stuff, but also kind of like force myself into a position where I could start ordering jewelry that I wanted Mm -hmm. for that stuff
0: so when when you kind of when when you got into that groove, was it more you were trying to take a style and create a market, or was it you had to pay attention to the market and and fashion trends and then cater jewelry to 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 that market
2: i I think it it kind of all all of it if that makes sense yeah know it, it does yeah, so I was unfamiliar with with how to really order jewelry like that i just took i took some time to look at what was going on at that shop and um i remember derek was the only person that was ordering any jewelry for the entire studio wow and in the back of my head i'm like i could i could help i could do something i could i want to do more here um, and St. Sabrina's is is very structured as, as far as, you know, your counter people and jewelry sales people are that. Um Your managers are in charge of, like, checking in orders, putting jewelry out, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And I was only a counter person. So in my head, I'm thinking, like, I want to do this stuff now, but I don't know how long I'm going to have to wait to te- become a manager. So... um one day, I just, in my own time, I put together this, like, ridiculous body vision order of stuff that I, I thought we should have. Um, Miro, actually, I, I remember he was doing some stuff I'd never seen before. So I messaged him, and I was like, can I please pick your brain about some of these designs I've never seen, some of the gems I've never seen.
0: I think like, I had that same conversation with Miro at one point. Like, please teach me a little bit about yeah, gemstones.
2: Yeah. I was like, you know, I'm trying to put together this order for this shop that I'm new to. I want to make sure that the stuff looks okay. Um, but it was very important to not do exactly what he was doing to me. You know, right. I didn't want to just like steal his jewelry and reproduce it at our shop. So he was a huge help. And I, I put together this order even though it wasn't my job and I, you know, I was afraid that I was overstepping some boundaries there. Um, I just like handed the sheets to Derek and a few days later he was like, all right, order all of it. Cool. And I was like, what? (laughs) It it just like completely changed my entire role at that shop. Yeah. It was
0: for me. Well, I, I, I remember, you know, from the outside looking in, uh, following you guys on social media and I would, I would see that, that jewelry expansion. I mean, it's not like, they were slouching on jewelry before, but there was definitely no. like this this explosion of like, okay, look at these crazy gemstone combinations and and styles yeah. and then like a week later it'd be like bam, you'd see you know Courtney or, or Nate posted it, and it's like, oh yeah, like look at how awesome it looks in this piercing and you yeah, know, it really started to kind of i mean it was it was jewelry made by a company that you were ordering from, but you could really start to notice that signature St. Sabrina's style, you know, with Mm
1: -hmm, colors mm
0: -hmm. and placement and, and even just the way that you, you did portfolio shots and all that stuff. Like it was just a, it was really recognizable. And I, I think you guys made a really big impact on the industry.
2: That's really awesome to hear. And I mean, Renee and Courtney are so great with jewelry stuff too. Uh, but the way, again, like the way stuff is set up, there they're always busy piercing. But whenever I could, I'd be like Courtney, what do you want to order? Like, mm-hmm. what pieces do you like? What gemstones are you really into? Because if your piercer has like a little collection of jewelry that they that they love, they can sell that like like nothing. You know oh, yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, and Courtney has her style. Nate had his style, and it just it was a really really fun time. And like I said, it, it contributed to so much personal growth, um, with, with jewelry ordering and really figuring out what works. Um, I mean, who, who gets to just like order jewelry at that capacity, Right. you know, while they're learning, like that was the thing I was learning and I was allowed to just order all of this jewelry, which was amazing.
0: Uh, so do you feel like there were any, like any lessons you had to learn the hard way or mistakes with those initial jewelry orders? Because I, I know I made a ton, but I I think you were trying Mm -hmm. to consciously avoid some of the mistakes that I was making. You know, like I was trying to order (laughs) what I saw other people selling, you know, but it didn't necessarily work for my style or or my market. So what did you learn along the way?
2: With that stuff, the biggest thing for me, I think was ordering pieces that, I really loved that were high ticket items Mm -hmm. that maybe I should have considered as a piece of jewelry I'm trying to sell to another person, Mm -hmm. not necessarily a piece of jewelry that I want to have. Mm -hmm. So I think that was the biggest spot where I was like, man, I could have really, you know, maybe done not a piece of jewelry. That is $400 or, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it's weird colors that I am really into. Uh, I mean, I've, I've gone there since, I think I was just there maybe two months ago. And there are pieces that are still like hanging out that I ordered. <laughs> and I'm like, man, that I, I
0: think every piercer has, I mean, every piercer who has taken the plunge to like start expanding gold, they've always got those pieces where you, you look at them in the case and it's like, man that's been there for three years. I could have taken that money yeah. and spent it on something else or whatever. I've got those yeah. pieces in my case for sure.
2: Well, that makes me feel better, yeah. <laughs> but it is definitely, there have been times where I've done that, that I have surprised myself with somebody picking it up. You know, they, people sometimes say that there's like a person for every piece of jewelry.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: but the, the difference with my job is that I don't own these studios. So I really having Derek as kind of my, as my boss and someone to guide me and kind of teach me that, um, helped me make those decisions. And sometimes that means I don't get to order 10 of this, of some kind of style. That's going to be six to $800 retail, you know, like sometimes that's just not what you want to (laughs) do. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Go figure, you don't want to drop $8,000 on something that may or may not sell. What a weird business I have, idea.
2: I know, I have this, I just always end up going for the pieces that end up between like three dollars and $600, yeah. like those are the ones I'm really into, I really like to have, so it's a lot of like me stopping myself from doing the things that naturally I want to do.
0: Yeah, but how amazing is it when a when a client comes in and sees a piece like that and they're like, "Oh my god, that's gorgeous! I have to have it." And you know, you, you tell them, "Okay, well, yeah. you know, it's this is the ticket on it," and they're like, "Yeah, that's fine, cool, I love that, I want it." And it's like that must feel pretty good.
2: It's unbelievable. It's with opening Mint and being in Ankeny, I had no idea what we were really what we were working with. Uh, Leo had a better idea of the kind of you know the. Cl- clientele that we would have but I really didn't know so putting together those first orders was like I just tried to be pretty safe with what I was getting mm-hmm. and now it's at the point where like I don't I don't really second guess ordering you know a, a very like a gem cluster piece with all genuine stones that's a little bit larger in size because I'm like so I know someone's going to get that as long mm-hmm. as it's not out of this world crazy looking hmm I'm like, there will be somebody that gets that. And that feels really good.
0: See, I've been having like confidence issues back and forth on that because they were were definitely, Mm -hmm. I've been carrying body vision for, I I don't know, more than five years, but you know, less than 10. Uh, And I started off with like, you know, let me think of pieces that are affordable, synthetic Mm -hmm. gemstones, something that I can like turn over quickly. So, um, you know, (laughs) I can get people wearing the jewelry and, and, you know, reinvest into more orders. But then I started to think like, Okay, well, uh, I really want to focus on genuine gemstones. I want to focus on mm-hmm. more elaborate styles, and I got it. And you know, they they sold, but they didn't really sell quickly. You know, so it yeah. was it was a lot more of a struggle. Yeah. And then I started to get kind of nervous and, and pull back a little bit and be like, well, I'll do yeah. a mix some some genuine, some synthetic. And I'm still yeah. kind of in that up and down roller coaster kind of phase with a lot of my jewelry, where I I could probably pull the trigger on just higher end stuff, but. Mm -hmm. there's still something in the back of my mind where I'm nervous to do it. And you know, it's, I'm, it's, it's coming out of my bank account, you know? So I'm, I'm a lot more uh, cautious, cautious with it. And sometimes I feel like that, that can maybe hold my business back a little bit.
2: That I, that's a really good um, perspective to hear from your side of it too. Um, I, I really try. So part of why my I'm I feel like I'm always working is because I'm I'm kind of monitoring what I'm ordering how quickly it's going what our jewelry displays look like at any given time Um, so I try really hard to have kind of a scale of price points with all of our ends or our rings or you know whatever we're stocking so I'll have those like basics that are from like 60 to let's say 100 bucks and then the hundred to two hundred range, and then the two to whatever range. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll notice that the the majority of the pieces I order are within that one to two hundred dollar range. Yeah, a lot of them are genuine stones, but there are a lot of like single single stone designs. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of them are synthetic too. I, it's not. A bad thing, I think, to cater to what you know your clients are going to be into and what is going to be more reasonable for them to get. Uh, I think it really helps sell gold in general to have your really, you know, a few of those really high ticket items and then, you know, let's say they fall in love with that, but they can't quite afford it that day. There's a good possibility they'll be okay with spending a hundred bucks on an ornate single stone piece of gold, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, I think, I think with that, it's kind of tough because, you know, you have to wait two or three months to get
0: jewelry in that you're ordering. So it's like, how do I predict the future? Yeah. I've, I've been having that issue. Do you, when you order, do you order like seasonal colors or Mm -hmm. do you try to predict or drive trends? (laughs)
2: Um, it's a little bit of both with, I, so I like anybody that has worked with me can tell you that I'm a control freak and I like to be the only person that has something. Mm. (laughs) So I I like, I go after that kind of stuff and I do whatever I can to get that stuff as well as making sure that we have, you know, our, our basics or whatever stock of jewelry that we sell a lot of. Um, So with St. Sabrina's, it was more catering to the, the style that I saw people there were already into mm-hmm. and Nate was already doing that, that year stuff. And a lot of it was very just like neutral, you know, like champagne colors, plain CZs, plain diamonds, always rose gold. Um, and like turquoise and opal were huge. So I got to do some fun stuff, but the bulk of what I was doing was what I knew their clients were going to get, which is turquoise, opal, CZ diamond. Mm-hmm. Um, here, I am lucky enough to have the Leo has trusted me enough to kind of put together these color collections that, um, I'm really, really into. So it's, it's a little bit of seasonal. I'll try to get some stuff that I know people will like, but if you come in and you look at our displays, you'll see that everything kind of has a purpose. It's like, Every piece that is on, let's say, our yellow gold display, they all can most likely wear nicely together, or you know have color combinations that work well together. So it's more like at mint. I think it's more my personal taste, mm-hmm. and a little bit of that stuff I know people just buy because it looks good and everybody likes it.
0: Right. Well, you know, I I think it's cool to have kind of like a signature style you know like yeah. you, you don't want i mean it, it, i i do the same thing you know i sell a lot of opal cz white diamond I all that stuff that kind of like you know it, it matches whatever you know yeah uh, but yeah. i think it's also really cool to have those unique styles where somebody can look at it and be like oh you know you must have you had to have gone to mint you had to have gone to saint sabrinas you had to have mm-hmm. gone to pba mm-hmm. to, to get that because it's yeah it's this you know bold options and you know, really interesting stuff that I think a lot of people might not take the chance on. But, um, yep. you know, it's it's cool to develop your own, you know, your own aesthetic.
2: Yeah, it's, it's so much fun. And it's, for me, kind of like how I was saying with piercers being able to sell jewelry that they are really into you and want to use in certain piercings. With me, it's like every piece of jewelry that I have in there is... It, it's a personal thing, you know, so I can get really into it and I can sell not just one piece, but three or four pieces because I ordered them specifically so that they can go together for whatever
0: person that wants to come in to get, you know, a new set of jewelry. The, the only thing and like that, that's a great strategy and I've, I've, mm-hmm. I've done that at points too. Uh, the thing that drives me bananas is when you get, you know, let's say five pieces that are all like you know, yellow gold and savorite or something, you know, like a spring spring kind (laughs) of color. And then you can, Mm -hmm. you can get that client where it's like, okay, bam, we're going to do this like double or triple set and we'll we'll pick all these things together. And then it leaves that one lone piece or whatever.
2: that just doesn't
0: match anything. And you're like, Oh my God, what am I going (laughs) to, what am I going to do with this? What do I do with this thing? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I definitely, there are a few of those that I just feel like will always exist. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to get everything to be cohesive like that, but um, a lot of like, so let's just use rose gold as, exa- as an example. Um, I play it, I play it pretty safe with that. Like you would think it's, it's all this crazy, fancy jewelry, but it's all, I I personally am really into the purples I always have been. So mm-hmm. I do amethyst, rhodolite, champagne, you know, brown colors, anything that I think is going to look good in rose gold. Mm-hmm. And it's there might be one piece of jewelry on that tray that won't go with the rest of them, you know. So it's again, I think it's it's easier to piece together i guess a a few different colors that all go together Mm -hmm. does that make
0: sense no yeah it it totally does because uh, a lot of times clients will come in and they'll look at my selection and they'll be like Mm -hmm. oh i I really love this piece but you don't have another one with the exact same stone and it's like well yeah Yeah. but don't don't forget about the gold because you can take the rose gold and you can match that to another rose gold piece so it's really you know if they see a piece that has like Rose gold and rainbow moonstone, but that's my only piece with rainbow moonstone. I try to say, well, you don't have to have another piece with the exact same color, you know, like white diamond can match it really well or an opal can go really nice with it as an accent or this or that. And then it starts to really expand their mind and they start to think like, wow, well, you know, if that works, then I want to get a rose gold piece for this other heel piercing that I have and this and that. And then they want to just kind of collect this, this whole set.
2: Yeah. And that's like the best case scenario. That's awesome. Right. Yeah. We definitely try to do, you know, try to do the same thing. And it's very, it's approached in a way where it's very like, we want it to be something that they're excited about. And it's never a situation where we're trying to like force this jewelry on Mm -hmm, them. It's mm -hmm. just like, we just want you to know what's available and what you can do. Yeah. And if you're into what we're doing and you're into the jewelry that I'm ordering, this great. We can let's hang out for the next half hour and
0: mm-hmm. figure this out. So when it when it comes to something like that, where you're really kind of like, you're really going through the whole menu of options. Mm-hmm. Do, mm-hmm. Are, are you an, an appointment only kind of kind of person, or do you do you like to do that with walk-ins? If maybe it kind of adds stress to the day, what, what's your what's your opinion on on that like? Curated piercing process?
2: Um, so I. I. We're not at a point where we're so busy that we can't take walk ins. Mm -hmm. We are. We are. Um, we just set up on our website an option to make an appointment for a curated consult. Mm -hmm. But this this was only because we're trying to keep up with the terms that people are using to describe something that already exists, you know? Right. Um, Because it it happened very quickly. There's that video that came out and then I think it was the next day, someone booked themselves, themselves an appointment for let's say seven piercings and it took up our entire Sunday. Like nobody else can make an appointment because you know, in the notes, the client had, um, stated they really liked the look of constellation piercings, which is the wording that that video used.
0: Yeah, I had somebody call and ask for that, and my, my counterperson was like, uh, can I put what? you on hold for a minute? And they're like, what's, I know. what's a constellation piercing? I, what?
2: Yeah, so so we get this appointment thing, and I start, of course, I go crazy. I'm like, all right, we need to figure out how to handle this now. so mm-hmm. Leo, like, it's so funny because Leo, like, on the back end was already kind of working on it, and we all just quickly decided we need to make a consult appointment, we need to make a longer appointment for somebody that actually wants to get pierced or multiple piercings, call it curated, and so far, it's been so many people are booking appointments for curated consults, and like I said, it's something that we've already really been doing, and I've never... I've never really thought to, to make somebody or have somebody make an appointment to speak with me specifically about jewelry. Right. Uh, In most situations, like I said, I, a lot of the days I'm at the shop, I'll be working on other stuff, not just doing the jewelry stuff. um, But I'm still available to do it. That's more than anything. I feel like that's my main job when I'm in the studio. So it's, For me, walk-in is totally fine. I feel like with other studios that are busier, it might be something that they would want to make an appointment for. Um, But usually with myself and another piercer there, between the two of us, we can can figure it out. There's never been a situation where I'm like, I can't talk to you right now.
0: (laughs) Right. I can't. (laughs) Or like, I
2: give you my time.
0: I, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards, uh, cause I, you know, I, I talked to Leo obviously, uh, mm-hmm. uh for, for an episode and, mm-hmm. you know, he was mentioning the, the appointments for the consultations and, you know, yeah. that, that seems like a really smart idea. And I, I think that's probably an, an idea I'm going to steal from you guys. Um, you, sh- you honestly should, yeah. I would be offended if you didn't. Well, <laughs> because like, you know, I, I think, um, piercer's in studios like ours, you know, like that's, that's what we've been doing for, for years. But now if we have mm-hmm. clients who are noticing that that's a service, you know, and they, you know, if, if people don't know my shop or don't know your shop, they don't really yeah. necessarily know that that service is available to them. So, uh,
2: yeah.
0: I try to look at it as like what my tattooers do, you know, when they set a consultation, they bring them over to the seating area, they sit down, mm-hmm. they talk about mm-hmm. sketches, they look at, mm-hmm. you know, uh, different pictures and things like that you know I think that that's something I would really like to do where we give the person the option if they want to book a 15 minute 30 minute block hour-long block whatever Mm -hmm. you want and then we'll we'll go through the whole menu you know I'll show you all the colors and you know we can talk about custom ordering if that's the way you want to go with it or or this or that yeah do you feel like do you feel like the people who like inquire about that Mm -hmm. understand Mm -hmm. the the price tag that might come with it or do you feel like people are getting like sticker shock when they come in and realize what, you know, five really (laughs) carefully selected piercings with, with matching jewelry might, might cost. Do you ever get people that kind of get sticker shock?
2: You know, I think it's, it's a little bit of both for us. Um, Again, since we've offered the consult appointment, we've had a lot more, I think it's just been giving us, a lot more clients that are brand new to us because like you're saying, they don't even, they don't even know that that's an option. Right. So it's really just people that are trying to come in to talk with a professional about this idea they have in their head. They have no idea what that means or what it looks like. They just want to talk to you about it. Mm -hmm. Um, So all of us are kind of like figuring it out and have our own approach with it. Um, So sometimes we'll, start picking out all of the jewelry, get them all set with like eight pieces of jewelry. And there was a scenario where this girl was just like, it's like she was ashamed that she was not prepared for how much that was going to cost. Mm-hmm. But she'd set herself up with like genuine diamonds for sets for her lobes, seam rings, some more ornate ornate pieces. So I told her um, the price on it. It was someone that Leo had been working with, and then I kind of took over, and I told her, you know, I, like, broke down the prices for her, and she just looked at me like, like, do I
0: run, or,
2: <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah,
0: the whole, like, I had no idea what I was getting into.
2: <laughs> yes, and I was just like, okay, so, here, here's the thing with this. I don't expect you to walk in from the street and just be ready to drop $2,000. Yeah. Like, It is totally, totally reasonable for you to feel the way that you feel right now. So let's figure out what is the most important thing for you to do today. Mm -hmm. Do you want to get a new piercing? Do you want to get new jewelry? What is, you know, what is your goal here?
1: Perfect. And
2: she was still kind of like scared. You know, it was still like she even thought that no matter what we do, it's going to be expensive. Yeah. So then... I felt like it was a good time to kind of explain to her that she doesn't have to get all gold jewelry. She doesn't have to get all diamonds. Like it was a very, it was a tough situation for her. I feel like, like I had to really keep confirming with her. That is okay. Mm -hmm. We are not, we don't care either way. We just want her to be happy and get something that she's proud of and not walk out of the shop. Like, wow. Wow that place is really like, like a scheming, you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: I, I totally, I totally get that vibe. I, I've I've had that too. You know, people come yeah. in and they have no idea that the, the jewelry that they fall in love with is going to cost them $500 or however much, yeah. you know? Yep. So I, I talk to them and I, I usually try to say things like, you know, Oh, you know, do you have a budget you want to stay inside of today? Or, you yeah. know, what are you comfortable with? And yeah. I can tell you what kind of fits your budget and, and all those things. And it's, mm-hmm. At at first, it was totally. Um, I, you know, I've learned a lot as a jewelry salesperson because before it would be like, "I love that. How much is that?" And I'll be like, "Oh, that's four hundred dollars." You know, <laughs> with with the piercing, and then they'll be like, "Oh yeah. my god, four hundred dollars!" And I'll be like, "And I was pretentious about it, where I was like, you know, because that was newer when I carried that jewelry, and I was in this yeah. show yeah. off piercer thing, where I was like, "Oh, well, this is from you know X Y Z company. I don't want to, you know, you know, yeah." So that's one brand, just how it. But- Yeah, Yeah, but now I have to learn. It's like, you know, oh, I totally get that because if I walked into a place and they were like, oh, yeah, this thing that you want and you didn't already know how much it costs is going to cost a lot more than you expected. You know, I would have been like, oh, well. No, no. you know, so now I try to talk to the person. I say like, well, you know, yeah, but you know, if, if that's not, if that's not, you know, affordable for you, uh, I've got all these other things. Take a look at, take a look at this line or take a look at, at this titanium or, you know, you don't have to get all three in, in one sitting, you know, pick the one that you like the most and let's just do that today.
2: Exactly. Yeah. That's, I think through all the different ways I've tried to sell jewelry or I've thought to sell jewelry, uh. Um, remembering that your clients are just human and yeah. walking into a situation that they're completely unfamiliar with is the best thing that you can do. And I, you know, I'll joke with clients sometimes when they're like, Oh my God, I like, I didn't know that. Or like when they feel stupid because they don't know the correct term for something. Mm-hmm. I'm always like, I don't, this is, this is my world, you know, put me outside of this shop into a different profession I'm not going to know anything, you know, I'm not going to know the terminology people use or the prices.
0: Well, of it's any- like, it's like, if you go to like a, <laughs> if you go to a garage to get your car fixed or something, they're like, oh yeah, you know, your are this and that is broken and you need yep. this replaced. And it's just like, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know what any of that stuff means. I'm just going to trust yeah. you as a professional.
2: Yeah. But then they're like, also it's $5,000. Right. Like, and it's uh... just like, yeah, I don't really
0: need a car, right? I can get a <laughs> yeah. bike. I don't really need this so much. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think. Side note, and I really yes. hate to have to do this, but I have Uh-oh. to go to work.
2: Oh, man. Can't yeah. you just quit? You're the boss. Uh,
0: I wish. Uh, yeah, I had to shift stuff around because I got to get a haircut today. So, you know, priorities. Oh. But um, yes. okay. what would you think about maybe doing like a, like a part two conversation? Like yeah. tonight or tomorrow morning or whatever works for your schedule?
2: Yeah, I would love to. I can do
0: um i can do either
2: so if you want to okay. catch up tonight again that would be totally fine
0: with me tonight would be awesome so let, let's you know we'll we'll touch we'll touch uh on facebook and we'll figure out a time
2: okay. okay awesome
0: but this is good so far part one
2: it's oh, fun i can't remember anything i said but you know. uh don't
0: worry i got i got notes and believe it or not i recorded it
2: <laughs> i know i hope i don't sound crazy
0: you sound crazy but in a good way <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> all right. So I will talk to you tonight, hopefully.
2: Okay. Sounds good. I'll talk to you tonight. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye.
0: There are definitely some conversations that I've had on this show where it's like, I, I just kind of wish we could go on forever, but, uh, you know, I don't want it to, to drag. And, you know, unfortunately, I, I had to be a grown up and I had to go to work and blah, 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 you know, keep my customers happy and all that. Um, so I do have uh, some more stuff with Brianna planned. Uh, that's probably going to be next week's show, but I don't want to make any promises just yet because, you know, editing and, and all that stuff. So um, thanks, Brianna, for taking the time to, to talk to me uh, for this one, and I look forward to talking to you again, and I look forward to all you people out there in the world listening to it. So uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Next week on the Piercing Wizard podcast, possibly.
2: The biggest thing... For me specifically is just running um two studios and trying to make them run smoothly um it, my role here is a lot different than it was at like saint sabrina's and anywhere else that i've worked um right now the biggest thing i'm kind of focusing on is trying to train like the next i guess the next generation of our counterperson. person okay. To uh, make my life easier and kind of like make them into a me so that I don't you know what I mean good luck yeah I know it's
0: so hard for more information about the show visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like piercingwizardpodcast on Facebook for more info about your host visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook Instagram and Tumblr if you enjoy the show you can subscribe on iTunes Apple Podcast and Google Play Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show Copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved.